Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie, good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today, breaking down news of the day. None other than Sharon Reed, news anchor, host, commentator, and TYT sports contributor extraordinaire. Always fascinating to have on the show. Top story of the day. This is an update to a story we brought you from day one. Black men tortured for hours by local police, sexually assaulted, according to the allegation all for dating white women. They are finally speaking out. Here's the first video. I want to stand right here, knowing you know what happened right here. Justice is what it all you know what it all boiled down to. I'm just like them, you know, whether they they in uniform or not. For six months, Eddie Parker has been living in a house of horrors where he says he was brutally beaten by deputies sworn to protect this rural Mississippi community. I crawled here to this spot and uh, they uh, started uh, beating me here and tasing me. As you can see, you know, blood spots and all. And my blood spots there. On January 24th, Parker and his friend Michael Jenkins say that six white Rankin County deputies entered the home and tortured them for nearly two hours. A heavily redacted incident report says deputies were investigating, quote, reports of narcotic activity at the house. They said they saw a gun, though there was no proof either man had a weapon. In a federal civil rights lawsuit, the men alleged deputies entered without a warrant, handcuffed them, and subjected them to nearly two hours of torture and racist abuse. Jenkins was shot in the mouth during the incident. And Mary Jenkins, Michael's mother, says her son will never be the same. I pray with him, and I asked Michael, I said, if there's any life in you, Michael, if there's anything in you, please squeeze my hand. Please let me know you're still in this body. And he did. Jenkins' injuries make it difficult for him to speak. It hurts. Has anyone from the department ever reached out to you and apologized? Have they ever asked for anything at, at all? No. The two men are suing a half a dozen Rankin County Sheriff's deputies, three named and three only identified as John Doe's. Rankin County Sheriff Brian Bailey was also named in the suit. And he said earlier this month, deputies involved in the incident were no longer with the department, although he did not confirm the number of deputies or their names. Not only did the sheriff not confirm who these criminals are, we now have updated information that says an off-duty cop, possibly more than one, was also inside of that home. Not only that, the off-duty officer was not even in the jurisdiction of the sheriff's department, but with the city police, according to the updated report. Here's more. A Richland Police Department officer resigned after he was implicated in the incident while off duty. Have you guys ever seen a case like this before? I have never, nor has any of the experienced attorneys that I work with have ever encountered such a malicious and sadistic and egregious case. In the lawsuit, Jenkins and Parker say deputies handcuffed, kicked, waterboarded, and repeatedly tased them. It also claims they were sexually assaulted and that a deputy placed a gun in Jenkins' mouth and pulled the trigger. It goes on to allege the deputies turned off their body cameras during the incident. They go into the home with no warrant. According to the allegations, they are saying things like, you all date white women, 
right? And calling them the N-word and other racial racist slurs. They were tortured, sexually assaulted. And then one man was shot in the face, the mouth. There's more. They came in asking both men, were they dating white women? And throughout the course of the uh, torture session, they constantly, all of them were using the word constantly calling them and at times monkeys. The attorneys say had their clients not survived, this case may have been more difficult to bring to light. Whatever they wrote in their official report would be the official word. Rankin County, they are used to the word of law enforcement being the final word. They all need to be in jail. The one that actually did, the one that stood by and watched. You're just as bad as the other ones. Damn right, damn right. Remember when we first brought you this story, the sheriff stood by the deputies. And the story was so extreme that many questioned the authenticity of the victims. Please understand, not only is the story legitimate, the individuals who were involved, the criminal cops, are no longer at the department and still being hidden today. Where's the federal investigation? Where's the national press conference? You know, there was a time when DC got involved in local matters like this. It was to help black girls and black boys to walk into a school without having to be beaten, water hosed, and bitten by canines. There's a reverse element happening in the United States of America. These men were physically accosted, tortured, sexually assaulted, shot, illegally detained, kidnapped. Because they dated white women according to the narrative, or at least that was the premise of this attack. And not one national press conference from the White House about this. Not one piece of legislation being presented with bold impact from our current president saying we need the Policing Accountability Act, passed the George Floyd Policing and Accountability Act now. Nothing. Put up the picture full mass. This was from our original reporting of this. We had the picture, obviously, of one of the individuals who was shot by the police. Michael Jenkins and Eddie Parker, they say that six white law enforcement officers in Braxton, Mississippi, entered their home, tortured them for damn near two hours. And Mr. Jenkins, well, they decided just to shoot him in the mouth. He did survive. This is where we are. Now, remember, you have Tim Scott, United States Senator, running for president of the United States, saying, America is not a racist country. Where did you get that idea from? I want to talk about the hope and the positive and the fluffy stuff. Unfortunately, Senator, with men like you around, we will never acknowledge the problem that exists. 
And without acknowledgement, there can be no transformation. So while you, sir, get to basically live a life free from the massive entanglement of racism that is visited upon black people, brown people, and historically marginalized people on a daily basis. You get to live that life, they do not. There's so much more I could say about this story and the continuing narrative. Like, where's the charges from the FBI now, today? Where are they? They have a district there. They have an active FBI district. Where's Garland? Where's that press conference? Where's the announcing of the investigation? Where's the Civil Rights Division of the DOJ? Sharon, obviously. Horrific. What are your thoughts? And why are these dangerous thug gang members, potentially Klansmen, uh, fugitives? <laughs> why are we talking about sheriff that they're no longer with the department? It doesn't even say they were fired. No longer right. with the department. I have great fear as a citizen, as a mother. What, where are these violent thugs? And you're right about Tim Scott. He believes his ancestors, Dr. Ritchie. We're allowed to sit on the porch and drink sweet tea. They weren't, okay? They weren't. And the Biden administration, all of it, and the media, okay? This is what we're saying here. None of it's fair because it's outside of their purview, outside of their bubble, because yep. it involves black men. In particular, in particular. Obviously, we're going to cover this story, bring you the updates as they come. I guarantee you there are, there are more updates to come. This was really ironic. He literally contradicts himself on Fox News during the same show about Florida curriculum. Now, typically, when a Fox News host lie, uh, they will lie on one show and then tell another lie on another show. They at least allow a one show minimum to go between the lies. This guy did not even allow a segment. You know him, let's go to him, Jesse Waters. No one's saying slaves benefited from slavery. No one's saying that slaves benefited from being torn out of their continent, stuffed into deadly slave ships, and brutalized by their masters. No one's saying that. Anyone who read the curriculum knows that, primetime read it. It's a rich, thorough, and rigorous curriculum, which covers over 400 years of the black experience with slavery. Now, one element in this year-long course covers how, quote, slaves developed skills which, in some instances, could be applied for their personal benefit. Instruction includes trades performed by slaves, blacksmithing, carpentry, agricultural work. Damn, Jesse, you just said that nobody is saying that slavery benefited black people. And then literally in the same segment, you pivot to read the ridiculous curriculum of how it says slavery benefited black people. It is amazing to me how individuals who are feckless leaders parading as if they run something, simply repeating what's on the teleprompter, simply saying what the producer told them to say. 
Jesse, you should have done just a little research, sir. Read the curriculum, it's actually quite simple. When you started your show and said clearly, no one is saying there's a benefit to slavery. What you should have said is that the curriculum should not be saying there's a benefit to slavery. There's more, here it is. He says this right here, this is well documented among historians. This is historical fact that slaves did develop skills while they were enslaved and then used those skills as blacksmiths, uh, as in agriculture, uh, tailoring uh, in the shipping business to then use to benefit themselves and their families once they were freed. That's not controversial. You know what is controversial, Jesse? Is that the curriculum allows for a teacher to teach that slavery benefited black people. But the same educator cannot teach that slavery benefited whites. You don't find that ironic, Jesse? That one is allowable and the other one is disallowed? How about this part? You can teach that the KKK existed. You can teach that the KKK were historical, still exist. But you cannot give deference in the teaching, meaning you cannot teach that the KKK was morally wrong. You cannot teach that the KKK was ethically corrupt. You don't find that to be an issue, Jesse? Well, how about this last point? It is about how you front lean a narrative. It is about the insanity of suggesting that being able to own another human being was a jobs program or had significant benefits for that demographic. Never have you or any of your colleagues on the right ever said this out loud, not one time. We've been here for a while, Jesse. This was the first time you've ever said this. Why do you think it is the first time you've ever said this? I've been saying the same thing for decades. This is your first time saying something this silly and dumb. Why? Because you're following the direction of the conservative white supremacist movement. You're following their cues. You know you can't simply be authentic. You cannot be who you probably once were and now de-evolving into. You can't do that now, can you? Because you have hitched your entire wagon to these racist ass SOBs. And you will do their bidding because you have, well, you have no backbone, sir. You actually have said some things in your career that made sense. That day is far removed from you now. The reality is, Jesse, that saying slavery somehow created these massive benefits to black people is to deny the massive sacrifice. We weren't able to own property or land. We weren't able to sign contracts. So my ancestors were robbed of the work they actually performed, robbed, it was taken away and passed to your ancestors. You received my family's generational wealth. You received my family's 
property. We should have had access just like you, but we did not because this country was founded on the principle that you could in fact own another human being as long as they were not a white male. So Jesse, before you start down this road, ask yourself this question. What's the benefit of a woman or a child that has been trafficked? Because once you start talking about the benefits of human trafficking, which slavery is, don't just stop there, go forth with your linear logic, sir. What was the benefit of girls or boys trafficked in this country, through this country, out of this country, and into this country? Go ahead and tell us, since you're in the business now of giving an apologist theory of slavery and human trafficking in America. All right, Sharon, thoughts. Jesse Waters is not even a talented liar. SNL would reject that skit verbatim. It's just not funny. He is armed with that that smirk, not cute. He's armed with that New York Gumby cut, and that it, that's what it's yep. called. That, that's yep. what it's called. And for that, he makes sixteen million dollars a year. He has not a bit of common sense. Yes, your land, my land, was passed to his ancestors. Common sense was not. Right. It is a vicious, stinking, dirty life and propaganda that he's pushing. It's a shame he has so much company. Yep, there you go. The canine we reported on just a few days ago, who unlawfully was told to attack an unarmed individual. Well, we have an update. Let me remind you of the video, here it is. Do not, do not let them, don't release the dog. Do not release the dog with his hands up. Do not release the dog with his hands up. Do not release the dog with his hands up, Do not, do not, do not, get the dog off of it. Get the dog off of it. Get the dog off of Put up the picture. An investigation has now been launched into why a Circleville, Ohio police canine was deployed to attack a semi-truck driver, 23-year-old Jadarius Rose, who was complying with orders. He was on his knees with his hands in the air. You do not have a more defenseless pose than that. A police trooper can be heard 
in the video repeatedly yelling, do not release the dog with his hands up. The dog, however, was let loose and attacked Mr. Rose, grabbing his arm as he screamed, get it off. Officers rushed to pull the dog off of Mr. Rose. I want to say this about the troopers. There are two jurisdictions involved. The troopers are the ones saying, don't release the dog with his hands up. Okay? These other guys are coming because initially there was a call for backup. But they canceled that call. They no longer needed any backup whatsoever. The man was out of the truck. The man was complying. The man was being lawful. No need. They pull up any damn way. Not only do they pull up, they get out of their vehicles. They bring the canine. And the officer who had command, meaning the man yelling, don't release the dog with his hands up. The man who had command was directly disobeyed by the other cop. Put it up, full mass. The Circleville PD said the city's use of force review board is now conducting an investigation. The highway police had initially identified the canine officer as Circleville officer R. Speakman. Circleville officers or officials would not say if Speakman has or will be placed on leave during the investigation. Body cam of Rose's arrest was not released to the public until Friday, July 21st. But the footage had been obtained by local outlet, the the, uh, Valley Guardian prior and showed the K-9 initially being held back by Speakman. All right, let's put up the screenshot. Troopers were still yelling, get on the ground or you're going to get bit, all right? This July 4th encounter unfolded after Rose allegedly led officers from several law enforcement agencies on the highway chase. It remained unclear Sunday while Rose did not immediately pull over when troopers initially ordered him to. Let me give you background on the incident report. The incident began at about 9.30 a.m. according to the report on July 4th as troopers from the State Highway Police Department's Motor Carrier Enforcement Inspector Unit attempted to pull Rose over on westbound US Route 35 for what they described as an alleged traffic defect violation. Rose's vehicle was missing a mud flap, that's what that was. According to an initial incident report released by the State Highway Police, Rose allegedly refused to pull over and led troopers on a chase through two counties. I activated my marked patrol vehicle light, bar and siren, but the suspect failed to stop. I drove in the left lane and along the left side of the vehicle in an attempt to get the driver's attention. The driver would not make eye contact and did not acknowledge me. The trooper wrote in the report. As the chase shifted onto US Route 23, the big rig forced a trooper to swerve off the right side of the road to avoid contact, according to the report. Troopers placed stop sticks or spike strips on the roadway ahead of the chase and blew out the tires, forcing him to pull over on Route 23 in Pickaway County and surrender. Let me give you the arrest details. Rose was taken into custody and troopers immediately performed first aid on him. 
They waited for paramedics to arrive, according to the statement. Rose was treated at a hospital and released into custody of the state highway police. He was booked at the Ross County Jail on charges of failure to comply, a fourth degree felony, according to online records. Rose has been released from the county jail. It is unclear if he has hired an attorney. Now, it really doesn't matter what the allegation is against Mr. Rose, it doesn't matter. At the time of the deployed canine, Mr. Rose was compliant, okay? Now, let's go to what he was actually charged with. He was charged with not complying to the traffic stop. He wasn't charged with having drugs inside of his vehicle. He wasn't charged because he had a felony warrant after his arrest or he had a gun and he was threatening to kill somebody. Once again, doesn't matter at the time of the attack. But to give you just insight into the full scenario, we don't know why Mr. Rose did not pull over. We do know he's innocent until proven guilty. And we also know that he did not deserve to be attacked by a canine after it was clear to every officer involved. You do not deploy a canine with hands up. Here's another dynamic. The person handling the canine, guess what they must receive before being able to handle a police canine? Training. They have to receive specialized canine training, which means as the officer in command is yelling, don't deploy the dog with his hands up. The man who had control of the canine was more than aware of what the rules were. All right, sharing thoughts. It's appalling and and I do want to talk about him fleeing police because number one, he used to have this big boxy truck, Dr. Ritchie, and I would bump Tupac and Biggie. I could hear no mm. one else, but the greatest to ever do it. And I couldn't see anybody else. I was lost in the music. So I don't know if he saw him or not. But if he did, why wouldn't he flee? He had troopers in Ohio and an innocent dog after him. And you see what happened. I'm surprised they didn't use more force. Where were the hoses? Can Mm. we use creative license and get that footage in black and white? Because it looks definitely like a throwback. Do your job. The statute doesn't say. Unleash the dogs, maul this man, arrest him and move on. You make a really, really interesting point because I've been in similar situations where um, I'm driving a large vehicle, I'm listening to music and I don't notice some things happening around my car. It could be just that simple, he was listening to music. He did not know that anyone was chasing him. And then because it never went to a high speed chase, it never, moved into a place of being a high speed chase. Now, what if he does recognize it at a point and realizes, well, damn, he got 20 cops following him. He has no idea why, and all of a sudden he's in panic mode. See, these are perfectly understandable dynamics that could have happened. We do know that he had no reason to run from law enforcement based on their own report. There was nothing illegal in that car. There was nothing illegal about him. It was simply him not pulling over in time. All right, we will follow this story and update it as it develops. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All 
All right, welcome back. Good to be with you. A lot of show left. Let me say thank you to everyone who continues to opine. We got a lot of comments. We'll read as many as I can, okay? Um, let's go to Lynn. Lynn says Biden wants to honor Emmett Till and his mother with monuments. How about Biden also honors their memory by passing meaningful legislation regarding these modern day lynchings? That's right. Uh, that's right, Lynn. Um, while I understand the importance of legacy by way of points of contact, meaning statues, etc., um, they should never take place policy ever. All right. Yep, Red Housewife. Um, he needs a new address. He's being re-traumatized, living in the home where it happened. Scott Smith talking about Fox. That's some job training program. Uh, Snack Panther. Uh, like they couldn't have had the same skills while free, um, or better, right? Non-human humanist. Thank you for that. Okay. By that logic, Jesse Waters uh, clean my place, uh, run errands for me for free. He could learn skills, how to do an actual job. <laughs> he is gross. He wouldn't sign up for that, I promise you. Uh, snack underscore Panther, thank you for that. Uh, with these two stories of police misconduct, I ask what you asked Dr. Ritchie. Where is the FBI or Justice Department? Love the show, you and the lovely Miss Reed. Love you back. Thank you for that. And non-human humanness again. Uh, thank you for being a member. All right. Uh, thank you for informing us and telling the stories how they really are. I've learned a lot since listening to your show, and thank you so much. Well, we thank you. Iron sharp as iron. We're all in this together. All right. Okay, got something for you, ladies and gentlemen. I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're you're still still great. Back off. You know, your sh over our stuff just don't spray us. We have babies over here. You're a jack. <laughs> you feeling better? Does that make you happy? Who is this weirdo? Wait, you forgot. What's the problem? Hey, stop. We have a child over here. We do that sleeping. You can wait until we're done. Wait, coppers, there's coppers everywhere. Oh, coppers. oh yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, man. How rude can a person be? She is rude. Your mother must not be home. Michael, take her home. <laughs> Anti-barbecue Karen. You know, Karen, that's unwanted physical contact. That's technically a crime. It is interesting that uh, according to the narrative here, um, she decides to do this because of the poppers. Um, I don't think it's effective, but I gotta hand it to the other family. 
They handled it quite well, but you should have grabbed a water hose as your first line of defense, not last. All of that jibber jabber back and forth, all that talking, somebody just should have grabbed a water hose too. Two could play this game. I know I'm being petty, but that's exactly what I would have done. All right, Sharon, thoughts? Yeah, I like petty, so that's <laughs> I would be right there, ride or die with you, Dr. Richie. I can recall because local news doesn't have many original thoughts. So every once in a while they'd say, well, what, let's give people good news. And that would be trending. And my thought would always be, well, that would be great if the lowest common denominator would stop spoiling every one of life's moments. There you go. It, they're not, they're everywhere infesting. Here the cookout, now you're trying to ruin the cookout, Karen. If you want a burger, <laughs> just ask for one. Just ask, just ask for a burger. That's it. You got now. You got the babies involved. Didn't have to be this way. And eat it at home. Yeah, there you go. All right, um, a horrific scene. All right, there's a transgender man was beaten by a L.A. County cop. Now, you're going to see exactly what happened. Not taken out of context. Here it is. You did it. Yeah, I did. Get your hands off of me. What the fuck are you doing? Put up the picture full mass. 23 year old Emmett Brock, a trans man, was driving home from his job as a high school teacher. He was beaten, he was arrested because of a coward cop with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Office. That cop is now under investigation. Put up the screenshot of when Mr. Brock could have died. You see this move right here? You're trained, if you are an officer, you are aware. You only do that move when an individual has created such resistance that a possible death move is required because you are taught this move can kill someone and only to utilize it in the most extreme circumstances. That circumstance was not extreme. The only thing extreme was that cop's criminality and ego, I will explain. Brock said the altercation began when he drove past the deputy who was having a heated conversation with a woman and flipped him off. Seconds later, Brock said he noticed that he was being followed by a sheriff's cruiser. So what's the scene so far? He sees a jerk of a cop being a jerk, which the video proves Mr. Brock was right. Being a jerk, flips him off, that's called freedom. Where are all of the patriots 
and their protection of freedom. You have freedom of expression, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly. You have freedom to give someone the finger. It's protected. Brock said he called 911, but the dispatcher allegedly said, what is it that you want us to do? If he hasn't pulled you over, he hasn't pulled you over. Brock eventually pulled into a 7-Eleven. So he wasn't pulled over, you gotta understand. He pulled himself over, pulled into a 7-Eleven, okay? Where surveillance cameras caught the entire altercation. I will say this about Mr. Brock, that was one of the absolute most genius moves you could have done. You went to an area where other people were standing, a place that had traffic and cameras. It did not stop the criminality of this cop because he believes he's above the law. Why would he ever think that? Because they have been allowed to operate as such. That's the reason. He knew cameras were there. He's on the beat. Because if a crime happens, guess what he has to do? He has to go get those cameras. So he knows that cameras are there. He didn't give a damn. This is how extreme and dangerous this officer is. There's more. Upon revealing to the authorities that he is trans, Brock had to show a female officer his genitals in a bathroom and explain the effects of testosterone. The hell. He was placed in a women's holding cell and released that evening when his girlfriend and family posted bail. Authorities informed his school of Brock's charges four days later. He was then fired. There is no mandate to report that I could find. There's only one mandate to report, meaning report back to his school. There's only one circumstance where mandate to report is required, and that's if Mr. Brock had been charged with committing either A, a sexual act, or B, any type of aggression and violence against a minor. None of those fit here. They decided to add injury to insult. They decided after all of this to hurt this person, this one individual, even more. Brock appeared in court for the first time in April. Prosecutors reduced the charges to two misdemeanors, resisting and battery on an officer, which I saw neither. The deputy statement, Benza wrote in a report, the deputy wrote in a report that he felt his actions were justified. And that he says, or he saw Brock cocking his right hand into a fist as if he was about to throw a punch at him. The deputy added he stopped Brock after he noticed an air freshener on the Honda Civic's rearview mirror, which he said was obstructing Brock's view on the road. My punches had their intended effect, Ben's wrote. In the report. Now, let me explain why he said, Well, I pulled him over because of the air fresh. 
Because there is a dumbass law like that on the books. And the fact he's citing this in his report, which by the way, he likely discovered after the assault. He's citing this on the record because it gives him permission for the encounter. And that's a bad faith utilization of that law. And that's why many jurisdictions have outlawed those pretextual stops. They've outlawed them. They say you can no longer do these things anymore in our jurisdiction because they're used as a gateway to commit act like you just saw. Statement from the LA Sheriff's Department. The department is investigating the information and allegations brought forward by Mr. Brock and his attorney. Unfortunately, we cannot comment on any uh, any further at this time due to the pending litigation in this matter. Well, you all seem pretty damn mouthy commenting on an investigation when you contacted the school Mr. Brock works at, and I guarantee you is a good damn teacher. Nobody cares, you don't care about that. Do you know how many people had to be okay with this mess? From the officer who did it, to the supervisor who accepted and signed off on the report that obviously looks silly as hell. You done did all this for an air freshener and you you an LA Sheriff's Office, what? In LA, you got way more issues to deal with than this. To the 911 operator who received a phone call prior and said nothing, did nothing, provided absolutely no guidance whatsoever. And then someone researched where Mr. Brock works, got the phone number, made a direct phone call or sent an email just to harm one human being. This is the heart of many of your law enforcement officers in America. That is why I routinely say, you gotta stop just talking reform and start talking replacement. These individuals are rotten to the core. There's no training that will save them. There's no reform that will save them. It's only enforcement or resignation. All right, sharing thoughts. I don't know why this another gang member, what's the affiliation here? We'll, we'll have to work to learn that. Even bother to pen that nonsense, sound like Andy Dick wrote it. That's yep. what it sounded like. And I think if police can get away with it if they just write the truth. I was looking for a transgender punching bag, because that is exactly what happened here. And I have to tell you, that was difficult to watch, Doc. But I applaud you for showing the gritty, raw, nasty truth, the reality of what's out there. This is LA. For a minute, I got lost and I was thinking, is this the backwoods, Georgia, or Mississippi, or what? Is this Alabama? This is LA. 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 It's everywhere. We got more on the other side. Indisputable stick and stack. All right, welcome back. Let me try to get a couple of these comments. We are pressed for time. All right, we appreciate everybody. Um, NSBD 90 now. Thank you for that. I think Dr. Rich is a person of very good character and goodness. <laughs> I don't know about that, uh, but I do try. I do try. Hell of a story. Pastor, Reverend, arrested, killing an eight year old child. Put up the picture full mask. You won't believe this story, but it is believable. 
because it happened. 1975, the disappearance and killing of the young Gretchen Harrington. This happened in Pennsylvania. This has haunted the community for decades. Now the former leader at the girls church, David Zanstra has been charged with criminal homicide, kidnapping of a minor, possessing an instrument of crime and murder of the first, second and third degrees. We're going to give you background to this extreme story. On Monday, the district attorney's office in Delaware County, west of Philadelphia announced it had filed charges against the 83 year old. He was in Marietta, Georgia. He was a minister at a church in the 1970s. Zanstra was taken into custody in Georgia on July 17th and is being held in the Cobb County Sheriff's Office where he has been denied bail. Let's talk about the history of what happened. On the morning of August 15th, 1975, Gretchen Harrington, eight years of age, left her home in Broomall, Pennsylvania for summer Bible school. The Trinity Chapel Christian Reformed Church was less than half a mile down the road, but Gretchen never made it. Skeletal remains found nearby in Ridley Creek State Park on October 14, 1975, were later identified as Gretchen's. The cause of her death, which was ruled a homicide, was found to be injuries to her head. But for decades, no one knew who killed her. Jack Stahl Steimer, the Delaware County DA, let's put him up. He said in a news conference on Monday that Reverend Zanstra was fighting extradition to Pennsylvania. And that his office was seeking a governor's warrant to bring the individual to Delaware County. We're going to try him, we're going to convict him, and he's going to die in jail, the DA said. And then he's going to have to find out what the God he professes to believe in holds for those who are this evil to our children. I like that DA, I don't give a damn what his party affiliation is. I like that statement, I like how direct it was. And I like how you're calling things now and would do them when he gets to Delaware. The website of the Christian Reformed Church lists Mr. Zanstra as a retired minister and says he was ordained September 20th, 1965, okay, 1965. In addition to the Trinity Chapel Christian Reformed Church, Mr. Zanstra also served at churches in New Jersey. He served in California and he served in Texas between the years 1965 and 2005. The Delaware County District Attorney's Office said it had collected from Zanstra a DNA sample that would be compared to the DNA collected in other open cases in Pennsylvania and across the country. We are concerned that there may be more victims who might have been sexually assaulted by this man. We want to hold him accountable for everything he did. I've talked a lot on this show about how monsters will affix themselves to positions of trust in order to one, gain access without 
the normative barriers parents would put up. And two, maintain such an image in their reputation that for those who are aware, they would feel as if nobody would believe them. Nobody would believe their word over his, he's an upstanding minister. This man is likely a damn serial killer or serial rapist. Sharing thoughts. And what is so painful is that the best friend of this monster, potentially monsters, child knew it. Yep. And wrote something in her diary all those years ago. Right. I grew up in suburban Philadelphia, Dr. Richie, and I too went to Bible study. They've got to figure out everywhere he's been and everyone he potentially touched. That's right. You, you have to understand this man was a minister prior. This man was void of anything that seemed righteous. It was all a con, every bit of it was a con, decades. We'll bring you updates as they come. What if I told you a cop wrote a thousand damn tickets and said it was one race of people? And then I said, all the tickets he wrote were fake. That's exactly what happened, put it up. Who in the hell has the time to write a thousand fake tickets? A Connecticut state trooper, that's who. Chris Melanson has been taken off the job indefinitely. Following an investigation which uncovered he had submitted 1,000 false tickets, listing many as Native American, but they were not. Maybe they didn't get the information to input it correctly. Maybe a lot of mistakes were made. And I also have a feeling some of the people there are doing this purposefully. And they are going to be held accountable, somebody was yesterday, said the governor, Ned Lamont. Now, we've actually touched on this, it was a while ago. The fake ticket scheme, okay? Um, it's allowable because of how their systems are coordinated or lack thereof. Makes it seem like a cop is doing his job. There's more. Um, this suspension, let's put it up, comes after an audit found that hundreds of Connecticut officers Hundreds falsified tens of thousands of tickets. Some troopers may be facing criminal charges, jeopardizing their pensions and other careers in law enforcement. The audit found troopers falsified, get this, nearly 26,000 traffic tickets. And more than 32,000 were completely inaccurate. Ken Barone with the Public Policy Institute at UConn pushed for the audit after an internal investigation found four troopers had falsified tickets. There's no evidence these are real people. This has raised concerns about skewing racial profiling data. Now, why is this important? Because those tickets find themselves into a database. That database says, but look at all of these people of color just doing all of these illegal things on the street. It creates a false narrative because 
of the false tickets. It also creates a false uh, suggestion that these individuals are working when they are not. There's more. It's also very clear at this point that federal authorities are looking into this as well. Maybe they're looking into this as criminally prosecuting somebody, not just the troopers who did it, but the supervisors who allowed this to happen or perhaps encouraged it, said Mike Lawler, who is a criminal justice expert. And I will say this for the record, when we first did the story, it was clear that out of the few deputies who had been caught basically, this was a systematic dynamic. Because of all of the variables involved from the supervisor to how you enter the information in, to the fact that nobody gave a damn to check later. If the people were actually real people, those designs are there intentionally. They knew about it. As a matter of fact, they utilized it in order to continue to operate in this way. It was a cultural dynamic, cultural dynamic. So while we know about you know hundreds of cops, the hundreds of cops who engaged, I promise you this, out of them, there are those who did not engage, but they knew about it. They knew about it. And this is what happens when law enforcement officers simply um, act as if they're all part of a gang rather than part of a governmental agency paid for by the taxpayer. Your industry of policing is adversely judged because of your silence, not because of bad men and bad women. It is because you all fail to say anything. There are bad men and bad women in every profession. When you say nothing, and you claim to be that you're good, you claim to be a good man or a good woman, you're not as good as you think you are. Your silence is definite. All right, sharing thoughts. Yeah, it's so widespread, so out in the open, quite frankly, Dr. Richie. I haven't seen anything like it since you know those people at the press conferences who do the fake sign language. Mm-hmm. It's, right. it, it's they're, it, they're flapping around. It's ridiculous, and you know. There's people at home who know you're fraudsters. That's and right. that's what this feels like. The only other thing I would say is the governor's statement. I I forget his name, the Connecticut governor who said yeah. his spidey sense tells him that some of this may be done on mm. purpose. Really, governor, really. Yeah. See, and that's the thing, you're governor of a whole state, right? You're governor of a state. If there's ever a position that should allow you to be free, to say the truth, to be a leader, It's the governor. The governor is afraid of corrupt ass cops. You gotta think about how extreme that is. The governor don't want to just get up and say the truth and say, we're gonna deal with it, we're gonna handle it. And individuals who engage in this practice against people who live in this state will be punished. He can't say that. He has to make it seem as if, well, maybe they just made mistakes here and there. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. Biden is suing the state of Texas. Why? Because they broke the damn law. That's why. Uh, Let's get to it. The Biden administration has now filed a federal lawsuit against the state of Texas. All right. They filed this lawsuit against the state of Texas over the floating barriers that state officials have deployed in the middle of Rio Grande. Seeking to force the state to remove the buoys. We talked about this when it happened. That federal officials argue have endangered migrants and border patrol agents alike. Now remember when I brought you this story. The reason we know about it is because a whistleblower who works there 
sent emails and said, listen, these are children of God too, just like me. And they don't deserve to be treated this way. A lawsuit has come from the illegal action of this Texas governor. The Justice Department's nine page lawsuit filed in the federal district court in Austin said Texas officials were required to request and obtain permission from the federal government before assembling the barriers, which were put in place earlier this month. The river buoys, the department argued, violate a longstanding federal law that governs structures in waterways. The suit asked the court to direct Texas to remove the existing river buoys and to block the state from setting up similar barriers in the future. Let's put her up. Associate Attorney General Vanita Gupta said in a statement, and I quote, we allege that Texas has flouted federal law by installing a barrier without obtaining the required federal authorization. This floating barrier poses threats to navigation and public safety and presents humanitarian concerns. Additionally, the presence has prompted diplomatic protests by Mexico and risk damaging US foreign policy. I will say this, the most egregious thing about the entire operation, they're not even discussing. The most egregious thing is the fact that troopers were ordered to throw children back into the water, to force them into the water. That's the most egregious element of this. The buoy argument, that is a danger and yes, injury happened. So they're utilizing that as a gateway. But do you not find it quite ironic that the most egregious human rights violation, the administration is not even touching, just making a point. Let's put him up. He's trying desperately to be the devil himself. Currently, Governor DeSatan holds the title. The Biden administration last week said Texas could avoid a lawsuit if agreed if they simply agreed to remove the buoys, which obviously they are in violation of law. So what did Governor Greg Abbott do? Well, he said, quote, see you in court, Mr. President. All of the Texas taxpayer dollars are going to defend this foolishness. The floating barriers are part of a larger multi-billion dollar initiative authorized by that man, Abbott. It is known as Operation Lone Star that has raised humanitarian and legal concerns related to the treatment of migrants. Abbott and other state officials have touted the operation as necessary to reduce illegal border crossings, saying the Biden administration has not done enough to deter migration to the US. Now, I want to show you how everybody's full of ish, including Biden's administration. There was a long standing campaign and approved plan and adopted by the governor's office to do this. It's all in writing and it's been going on for a while. The plans have been in writing for a long time. And they have been implementing these various, let's just call them illegal barriers 
And all of a sudden, the administration says, whoa, wait a minute, you can't do that. Well, they did it after it became a news story. The real hero here is the whistleblower who made it a news story, right? You don't think the administration was aware that something like this was about to happen? The plans were codified by the Texas government. They could have filed an injunction and stopped the implementation of it, of the whole plan, of all of the violations, but they did not. They're reacting to it, all right? There's more. However, the unlawful crossing along the US-Mexico border um, have recently plummeted. In June, the number of migrants apprehended by Border Patrol and um, after, excuse me, crossing the southern border without authorization failed to just under 10,000, a sharp drop from May and the lowest level since the start of Biden's tenure, according to the federal stats. The decrease in unlawful crossings came after the Biden administration enacted stricter asylum rules for those who entered the country legally and expanded efforts to direct migrants to programs that allowed them to come to the US legally. There is a fix. There's a remedy here that does not involve violating the very humanity of those who are coming. Let's get out of this framework of illegal. Uh, There is no human being illegal anywhere. And the number one violators of borders are right here in America. There is no other demographic who has violated the sovereign borders of a nation more so than American policy. But let's highlight the reality of destabilization of economic factors in these other nations, which by the way, the inequity of our economic realities creates a benefit for Americans here. Cheap labor in another country provides a cheaper product to the American consumer. Over 90% of undocumented workers come to America for one reason, work, work. And the same federal law that says it is illegal to work undocumented, that subsection of that federal law says it's illegal to hire them. They don't wanna go after the companies because the companies got influence and money and they contribute to their campaigns. So they come after people of color who are poor, look of opportunity. And then they want us to fight in our communities because they provided the framework for the battle. But we're smarter than that. We know who the true enemy is, it's adverse policies, not people. All right, sharing thoughts. I um, am disgusted by the Biden administration here and remember, they were late to the party yeah, when yeah. members of the Border Patrol were on horseback, Dr. Richie mm-hmm, chasing yeah. Haitian migrants as well. A pregnant woman had to be cut from the razor wire. Yes. And the Justice Department says, if you just take your time to remove this, we, we won't sue you. In about an hour, Greg Abbott is going to be eating a nice, thick, juicy steak and potato. He is mm-hmm. unbothered by yep. this. Yep, because you know they're not going to do ish. That's why. That's right. At all. Uh, you just, Biden just gave this man a big opportunity to raise money. Amen. That's all that just happened.
Okay, um, C-SPAN caller says the quiet part that was usually kept inside out loud, calling for civil war. Here it is. You can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face. It's not hard. Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie. Now, what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads. I never had, I hate math. Somebody say amen. Disgraceful. And Bill, in Medfield, Massachusetts, it's Bill on the Republican line. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah. So here's the story. The Democrats had the Supreme Court for 60 or 70 years, and everything went their way, and everything was fine and dandy as long as it was liberalism. Now it's only been, what, four or five, six years that it's Republican, so... We're wild and crazy about, oh, boy, the ethics are so bad, yet we got the biggest crook in the history of the United States who took 20-plus million dollars. He showered with his daughter. He raped a girl, Tara Reid. And we're talking about the Supreme Court. Uh, hey, let, let's get this civil war going. Democrats suck. Bye-bye. Well... 40% of Americans, according to one poll, they believe a civil war is likely within the next 10 years. Put it up. And there's much more. More than two-fifths of Americans believe civil war is at least somewhat likely in the next 10 years, according to a new survey. A figure that increases to more than half among self-identified strong Republicans. Among all US citizens, 43% said civil war was at least somewhat likely. Among strong Democrats and independents, that figure was 40%. But among strong Republicans, 54% said civil war was at least somewhat likely. Well, here are some people that agree. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Marjorie Taylor Greene put it up. She says, well, you know, we need a national divorce. We need to separate by red states and blue states and shrink the federal government. Everyone I talk to says this. From the sick and disgusting woke culture issues shoved down our throats to the Democrats' torturous America last policies. We are done. And her master, Donald Trump, her cult leader. If the Democrats are successful in removing the president from office, which will be never, which will never be, it will cause a civil war like fracture in this nation. From which our country would never heal. That was Trump retweeting Pastor Robert Jeffries. Um, and there's much more. Please understand these folks are not playing. What happened on the Capitol was a terrorist attack, but it was also a battle, in a sense, against the United States government. Keep in mind, not one police officer who worked for the federal government shot a weapon during that time. The one that did, well, you see what happened to him. But all of those individuals inside of that Capitol making cops run from them. You seen the video. If that mob attacks again, which by the way, many of those cops who were there said it's likely they think it may happen again. Do you think the federal government is ready? Because it sounds like according to Trump and others, they're not going to stop until they get their war. 
All right, Sharon, thoughts? Yeah, it's um, it's happening. It's happening right now, Doc. Um, but I want to go back to the C-SPAN caller. I believe you identified or they did as Bill. Mm -hmm. There are these voice changing apps that are so good. Yeah, that was not. I believe it's one or two people who was on the line there. The cadence, what was said. It's either a guy who frequented the Oval Office for a time, okay, <laughs> and is probably in less than 24 hours going to be federally indicted again, or could be an ex cable news host who enjoyed a good loofah, okay, paid out record settlements. It sounded like one of the two. You know what was wild is that my money's on the first one. Yeah, me too. Right. All right. Mm -hmm. We got more on the other side. It is indisputable, stick and stay. It is interesting that a black Republican has to go on national television to say, no, slavery did not benefit black people. But that's exactly what had to happen. Here it is. Um, I think what they're doing is I think that they're probably going to show um, some of the folks that eventually parlayed uh, you know, being a blacksmith into, into doing things later, later in life. What do you make of that defense? Look, it is, it is shocking to me, Caitlin, that in 2023, I have to say this. There, is no, there was no upside to slavery. Slavery was not a jobs program. And also, Ron DeSantis just showed his lack of leadership by acting like it was somebody else's fault and not something that was done on his watch. Here is, here is the reality. If you're going to talk about how African Americans, despite being treated like, like property, despite having zero freedoms or, or zero rights, that they still had a tremendous impact on our country. If you want to talk about that, that's great. But to imply that there was an upside, it is unacceptable. And what he should have done <clears throat> is say, listen, that was, that was worded wrong. We're going to fix that. There is no upside to slavery. We're going to make sure that we, we talk about this and that our kids in, in schools get a proper understanding of our history. That's how a, a real leader would have solved this problem, not letting this continue to fester. Okay, let's put him up full mass. Um, you're looking at Will Hurd, all right? So Will, former congressman, all right, Republican candidate for president. Torched the Florida Republican. He said the right words. He created appropriate context. But I have to say, Congressman, you all supported the bigots for years. Their subtle racism became aggressive and it moved to hyper aggressive racism. You all did not come out against them. You may have said some words at the cocktail party, but there was no absolute denouncing of those individuals. And now it has gone to the next level. Their hyper aggressive racism has found its way into actual policy. And now black Republicans are saying, whoa, wait a minute. That is just a lack of leadership. In all due respect, sir, I can appreciate your sentiment today. But your entire party 
has been one failure of leadership after the other. Democrats are not that much better. And that is a problem too. The Florida Board of Education voted on Wednesday to approve a curriculum on black history that includes teaching that slaves develop skills, which in some instances could be applied for their own personal benefit and requires teaching acts of violence perpetrated against and by African Americans. It is insane. Vice President Kamala Harris torched the new curriculum also in two speeches on consecutive days. And the Tampa Bay Times published numerous examples debunking the claims of the board's working group. But DeSantis defended the curriculum at the press conference, even as he disavowed responsibility for it. So what is this feckless leader doing in Florida? He's saying, well, 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 here's what I think they're trying to do. I think they're trying to make a message to parlay into the um, you know, reality that some black people receive some skills. And, and then he denies that he's responsible for it. It was him that ordered his school board to do this. He appointed them. They are political cronies. You think they do something like this without his absolute mandate? course not, it is him. But it gives you an idea of what kind of leader he is and is not. When he decides to talk on a microphone and he doesn't even sound believable because he doesn't believe himself, right? But he can't take the political hit. So he orders his cronies to do so. That's the kind of man you're dealing with. All right, sharing thoughts. He's gotta get home to that pudding. No utensils. <laughs> Listen, look at the top two Republican candidates, Dr. Ritchie, and they really keep that proclamation by Albert Einstein relevant. Okay, he said it. There are two things that are infinite the universe and human stupidity. And I'm not so sure about the universe. That's what he right. said. DeSantis, he keeps that front and center today. Every time. All right. Always a pleasure having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you and check out your great work. At Sharon Reed Live across all platforms. I appreciate you, Doc. And check me out on TYT Sports. Loving that gig. We'll have another installment uploaded shortly. Make sure y'all check it out. It's always great content. All right. Okay. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.